You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode number 106, sponsored by Jim Hanley's Universe and Netflix, and we're back at full strength. Sort of. Hey, welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode number 106. My name is Ron, and I'm here with Connor. Hello. And Josh. Uh. So we're here with your up-to-the-minute report on Josh Health Watch 2007. I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, I got out of the doctor the other day, and I had, like, a CAT scan. He's like, you have to go have surgery now. I get outside of the building, and I call Connor. I go, so I can't do the show. <laughs> like, I didn't call my mom. <laughs> I called Connor. That's what it's become. <laughs> yeah. This, uh-huh. this is what this, this, so the show nearly killed me. Um, <laughs> but you're alive, I'm, and you're on the mend, right? Yeah. I'm sounding about as good now as I have since before that happened, because uh, apparently I've learned there's no such thing as minor surgery. <laughs> it's they not rip it's up not, your insides. None of, yeah, none of it's minor. They're cutting into you. Ooh, they certainly were. Ugh. But uh, I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'm, I'm, I'd say I'm operating like 65% now. Well, I'm pretty good. You know, I can read. All right. Well, that, that's all. That's all you need for. The, can you talk? Yeah, I, right. if I, if I get tired, you'll just you'll you'll hear me just sort of drop off. There was some concern about your ability to do your voices. Hat, yeah, did, I, did did the was the appendix the source of your of your um, impersonation power? Well, let me try. Hey guys, how? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> that was it wasn't the, a mutant appendix. It was a mutant voice box. <laughs> yeah. By the way, the the forums are the most disturbing thing in the world this past week. <laughs> there was literally they named the general discussion this is before anything happened they did a general discussion thread gastrointestinal disaster and I was like <laughs> you've got to be kidding me and then there was this whole other thing about my mutant colon or something like that yeah it's I really did like listen I really did have a weird appendix <laughs> like it was way too big and it was in the wrong place oh Jesus but in case anyone was curious it didn't burst it just they got it before that happened and that- according to the biopsy no tumors Thank God. Well, that's good. Yeah. Did they right. give it but, back uh, to you? Did they get it in a jar yet? No, they won't. They had to rip it apart to do that. So I guess I don't ever see it again. But the good news for all the people see, listening out there. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You don't yeah. get. You don't get the appendix. That's bullshit. How much did that surgery cost? Well, I didn't really ask for it. I don't know. Shit. I don't even want to know. Oh God. I would. I'm walking away from that with something. <laughs> well, I was gonna say the, the good news for the people listening at home is that um, I don't really have enough wind in me to laugh really loud. So your ears will be safe at least this episode. <laughs> I'll make up for you. I'll make up for you, Josh. All right, good enough. All right, well, let's get started. So you're okay, you're back, it's good to have you. Um, yeah, yeah, good to see you. And so, yeah, so I fanboy comics, read them, write about them, talk about them, that's what we do. We're going to spoil the comics, so deal with it. Connor, what was your pick? Astonishing X-Men number 23. <laughs> you guys got really streamlined while I was gone. <laughs> yeah, we totally, it's a 20-minute podcast now, Josh. It's <laughs> oh. And after that, we'll talk about the Illuminati. Um <laughs> Yeah, I was. I, wait, I, before before we get into it, I was shocked and appalled, but not surprised that you picked Astonishing X Men number twenty three and not New Avengers Illuminati number five. Why were you appalled? Well, because I thought I, New Avengers Illuminati is what's going on in the comics world now. That's well, that the, does make it the best book of the week, though. Ah, you and your standards, Kilpatrick. <laughs> um, Joss Whedon, John Cassidy. This is their second to last issue. Um, and damn, they didn't go out to the bank. Ron, this must have been one of the best weeks of comics for you in a while because you had two books featuring a kick-ass Cyclops. It w- I, I was feeling the love. It was pretty good. It was pretty sweet. 
Um, this is basically, uh, if you've been following this book, the X-Men are trapped in the Break World, which is a world that says uh, has captured the X-Men because they think that Colossus is going to bring about their doom. And um, the last issue ended with, with Cyclops dying and Ron being all sad. Uh, but we find out here he's not really dead. He's been brought back to life by the Breakworld people, which was shocking. I would like I would like to pause for a moment and say that I was very very upset if Cyclops. I was going to be very upset if Cyclops died at the end of issue, issue twenty two, but I was glad to see that he didn't. And we, you know, but now I'm very very upset about what happened to Illuminati. But we'll talk about that later. So <laughs> <laughs> we're not talking about that yet. We're trying to talk about the X Men and Cyclops, and you keep trying. No, to I know, stuff. but the point I'm making is that I had like maybe a ten minute reprieve between being upset. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like I was like, you just live a miserable life at all does. times. I was like, okay, good, everything's okay. Oh my god, no! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to be happy with Marvel comics. No, it doesn't. <laughs> so in this one, Cyclops has been he's been brought back to life by the bad guys, and he's been captured, and they're torturing him for information. And then um, at the end, he he sort of reveals to us, the reader, that we everything we've known to be true in the last issue was not true. And then he busts out in a very dramatic fashion. And I thought was one of the most kick-ass action sequences slash best I've ever seen a Cyclops in my comic reading time. Well, now, now can we take a pa- moment, momentary pause and just revel in the genius leadership of Scott Summers? Exactly. This is the, this, this is the week where I finally see him as a leader. Thank God. You see, you see what I saw 20 years ago. Yes, but you had no basis for that. Yes, he was a great leader twenty years ago. He could, he, he can. Cyclops can look at a situation and he can, he knows his team's strengths. He can analyze the situation, come up with a plan, and then execute. That's what he's been doing since the seventies, and you're just all catching up to it now. That's what Captain America does. Well, yes, but Cyclops is the mutants' Captain America, right? But with more sexual sort of tension. Yes, yes. Weird. Um, can, can I can I say? Uh, that I was not surprised by Connor's pick, and I think what is surprising is I think this would have been my pick too. Wow. Yeah. Because what I was surprised is that this is a comic book that I have no reason to like. It takes place on Breakworld. I think that's retarded. I don't really care about any of these characters. And and I'm reading it, and I'm just – I'm beside myself by how literally good this is. And this isn't just a case of Joss Whedon, wow, he's doing a good comic book for a – for a TV writer, right. it's it's like this is about as good a comic book as I could imagine being put together in like sort of this superhero, you know, in that structure, you know, like yep. using these toys. And, and and I'm just reading through. It, I'm like, my God, this is amazingly well crafted and put together. And there's just it's so good. And I don't, I have no connection to these characters at all. And and I was still just like the quality of it alone was enough to make me say this is great. So I would have actually said it was pick two. This, this is shaping up to be possibly the one of the best X-Men runs ever and possibly one of the best runs, I think, in this decade. You know, as we, as we get closer to the end of this decade, this is easily being one of the standouts. It's, it's really amazing. too bad that you had the delays on it because if it hadn't been yeah. marred by that, it would have been easily um, looked upon like that. But now you, you have to look, look at it in a whole, which is that there's been 23 issues in the past four years or however long this has been coming out. Yeah. Yeah, but that'll get uh, forgotten, and in two years, what we'll keep doing is telling people to buy the trades of these issues. Yeah, yeah. right. Or the omnibus when it comes out. Yeah, but I mean, as Josh said, the writing—I mean, it's it, Josh Whedon. First, first of all, really gets all of these characters. He gets the team dynamic. He understands the yeah, actors. He, he understands how they should interact with each other, not like any other team out there. Um, it's really funny in parts. Wolverine, I think, he really gets well. Wolverine is the, is the surly comic relief. Yeah. Um, and it's not focused on all on Wolverine like some books tend to do as a crutch. You know, it's very easy to just to focus all the action around him. Whereas in this book, he's really a side character. Yep. Um, 
And it's also, I thought the br- the brilliant scene where we relive a scene that happened in the last issue, but we see it from a completely different angle and seeing that, see that what we thought happened didn't at all happen was really brilliant. And I thought it was brilliantly constructed art-wise and, and with the word balloons, who I'm assuming was Chris Eliopoulos. Yep. Uh, layering in the old and the new world balloons and... It was just, I mean, there, there was a there was a different b- bit of brilliance in each section of this book. That was the mm. the action at the very end, the middle exposition, and then just the, the fighting in the beginning. It was <laughs> this was like a perfect comic. The only the only one thing that stuck out to me was was when Cyclops of course when Cyclops when Cyclops burst out with the optic blast, which is just awesome and like at full strength. How is Wolverine able to inch up next to it and blow off his handcuffs? <laughs> He's good. Like, what are the odds, you know? <laughs> well, that's where your master strategist put them there, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> he's, he's the best he is at what he does. And yeah. what he does is get handcuffs off. Yeah, exactly. So, I um, but I thought, I thought the last page was great. I mean, if, if you didn't get pumped up for the for the finale after seeing that and and the whole the 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 meaning of the line to me, my X Men is Cyclops taking over for Professor yeah. Xavier, which ties into what's going on in the in the Uncanny and all the regular line of books. So, yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. It was just up and down. I, I read um, Illuminati first, and I thought, wow, that was really good. That's pro- that's really possibly the pick. And the very next book I read was this, and I went, oh, forget it. This one wins. So. Yeah, this is. I mean, and and it's funny because you, if you compare the two, I mean, both both were. And we're. Gonna, I assume we're going to start talking about Illuminati now. Um, well, one more. One more. One more quick okay. note is that. Um, I mean, we we can't not mention John Cassidy's art. No, which is this issue. He he he's he's always really good. But some issues are better than others, and this is one of his better issues. Yep. Where yep. there's not a single bad panel, and what I really love about his work is is that all of his faces look different. Yep. Yeah. You know, Cyclops looks. Like no other guy in the book, you know the you know, the, the women all look different. All look different. And I, I got I picked up the for some reason I picked up the Colossus variant edition cover and like he the Colossus's look is now defined by Cassidy. Like when I think of Colossus, I'm gonna think of Cassidy. Is not Burns anymore. Like, I'm actually gonna say the same thing for Wolverine. When you go to those middle pages where Wolverine is fighting with armor, that's yeah, her name, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, and and you look at there's the one page where he's flipping over the dude and stabbing them in the back. Yeah, that was really good. I have yeah. never seen that before. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? And just like out of all the action poses that they've given Wolverine, and if you look at the shape of his body, yeah. You know, he's back. To, he's I don't know if he short wasn't and stubby, stopped. short and stubby. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. always supposed. To, I love how he he's got they've got him shaped and how he looks and his his mask is it's like the old Hulk subtle. one. It's the it's yeah. the original Wolverine esque one. But he's yeah, just got yeah. like that thick short trunk you know he doesn't have a long waist he it's just it's the it's done so well and so right and it looks so uh distinguishable from everything else yeah and the only bittersweet moment of this book is that you realize there's only one more issue left and after that cassie is taking a leave of absence from comics so oh but but we're only, only getting one more issue out of him oh, brother need a pool <laughs> <laughs> it'll it'll be worth it when he comes back though so yeah, yeah if he does sometimes sometimes yeah. guys don't come back well i i all right, well, let's not get distracted by what John Cassidy's career is going to end up doing. <laughs> but the the point I was going to make is that it was really interesting to see, you know, you kind of hold up Astonishing X-Men number 23 next to New Avengers Illuminati number 5, and you've got, you know, both ridiculously well-done comic books, both in writing and in art. And, um, and you've got one that has immense meaning for the whole comic line, the whole Marvel Universe, and one that's standing on its own. And right. it's just it's just it really interesting to see how in one week we get two examples of the best that Marvel can give us in terms of like, okay, fine, you don't care about the Marvel Universe, be reading this book. That's cool. If you if you're if you really like what's going on and the whole idea of continuity and, and all the titles kinda of tying into each other, here's this one. And it's just like, you know, 
It's, Not only that, but it actually fans out from just Marvel. This week was ridiculous. You can yeah, even say that Criminal, Criminal Ten, which also came out from Marvel ostensibly, yeah. it was a, know, it was a, it was a strong week for you guys. I mean, everyone keeps talking about what a strong week. I actually didn't. I mean, I, I it was kind of odd because I didn't. I bought like one or two Marvel books last week, and like this week I didn't get. I think I just got one DC book. That was it. But like it, it was. You were a Vertigo reader. This was a week for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and it was also yeah. like Jonah Hex. I wrote in the review. There's those like five or six really, really, really strong books this week. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, so let's move on to Illuminati then. The, the Illuminati was funny because Ron and I ended up by happenstance reading it together online. <laughs> like we were, we were at the computer, and I was like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm reading Illuminati." So, oh, that's what I'm doing. And we, we we sort of commentated through through I am while we were reading the book, which was led to an interesting experience of when the reveal happened, when we both started shouting at each other over the I am. Oh my but, god! So this is the, where the the scroll invasion is revealed. Or the the first major sleeper agent is revealed to be the Black Bolt, and the big secret of the issue is this issue is that his name is ridiculous. <laughs> what is it? Blackgar Boltagon. Blackgar Boltagon. <laughs> it's like a it's like a bad video game well, script. You see, but here's the deal though is that is that that actually makes sense because if you look at all the Inhumans and Josh, you're the in- Inhuman expert of all of us, they've all like Gorgon right. and Maximus. They've all and then there was always Black oh, yeah. Bolt, which was just very un Inhuman esque. I always thought. No, so. makes, I'm not I'm yeah. not totally not complaining about it. I just yeah. think it's funny at it. It's yeah. fine. But um, this, this opens up. I actually I need I talked to Connor and I was like I don't get it entirely. He's like, well, that means that that wasn't the real Black Bolt who got jumped by the Hulk. And I was like, oh, yeah. That, that now that makes perfect sense. And so like that's that's the first thing I said was well now it makes sense. That's the reason why he got beat down like a bitch. So we're assuming everybody who's who's listening to this has read it. It's this is totally spoiler laden. Hey, we gave a spoiler yeah. warning in the beginning. Yeah, and, and every and everybody read it online. So the the book starts off with Tony Stark. Um, uh, Sitting with the with Electra scroll, scroll body, and he's waiting. He's called the Illuminati back together. And I thought it was really interesting how the gathering, because previously they disbanded, and right. the gathering you had the resentment and you had the you know kind of tentativeness of the of the gathering together. I thought that was really well done. The pacing before he actually finally opened the bag, and then. You it was know, killing me. Yeah, and like, totally. And then leading up to that, it's you know, Electra's the scroll, and you've got you know, the, you got the quick analysis, and everybody kind of you know accusing each other. And like, I really felt the pacing of the next four minutes while they're all trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And then not to get too wizard comicsy on us, but the comic moment of the year is when just Black Bolt speaks up <laughs> and goes, "You know, I have a better idea. I take the body." <laughs> just, <laughs> and it was completely. I was not expecting that. Like Connor said, it makes perfect sense after you know Black Bolt got his ass kicked by the Hulk, and like some of the behavior that Black Bolt did in in, in Silent War. Um, I, I think I'm the, the only fact that he knows sign language now. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, so so now the question becomes: Is that when did the scroll take Black Bolt? Did it did he take him right before Silent War? Did he take him you know at what point during the Illuminati series? Like, well, you, you I mean know. that's that's the question. But I know that Bendis had originally said that in the first issue of Illuminati. When they're all captured, not everybody came back, which doesn't make sense because that was too long ago. Right. Which would mean Black Bolt would have been would not have been Black Bolt for like thirty years, which right. doesn't, which is a clone Spider-Man clone problem. Yeah. Uh, but so that's that's the other question, and then there's another. We'll talk about that, but then there's another big question after that. Well, also, you know, like uh, it, it, you know, after he speaks up, the next page is a giant explosion, which I I assume is is that. Scroll Black Bolt using his Black Bolt power. Well, yeah, well, because because if you un- understand what what the what the the scrolls the scrolls started off as sh- as uh, shapeshifters, 
Okay. Right. And then and then through their, you know, epic kind of war with the Fantastic Four over the years, they the scrolls developed a super scroll who was a scroll who could shapeshift into the powers of the Fantastic Four. So that that's right. the scroll with the arm of the thing and an arm on fire and he half invisible oh, yeah, yeah. and stretchy. Yeah. So so the, the the scrolls have advanced to the point where not only can they shapeshift but they can pick up powers. And so it looks it looks as if that this scroll has Black Bolt's powers because if you look if you turn a couple of pages um, um, after he reveals himself as a scroll, and then in the next page, uh, Namor yells "Imperious Rex" and goes at him. You, you, if you see, it's very subtle, but he, the scroll, shouts at him, and you see kind of the sound waves, and that's what blows yeah. back Namor. He's got Black Bolt's powers, you know, and not to the right. full extent that Black Bolt has them, but he's got right. True, but yeah. then you see him bending like Fanta- like Mister Fantastic later, lower in the page. So he's got you know Black Bolt and Fantastic Four powers, which is interesting. Well, had- you know. Had Black Bolt actually yelled at Namor like that, if he had gone grag, you know, whatever, that would have been like nuclear explosion. It would have just been a, a, you know, like it wouldn't have been a sonic boom. Right. Yeah. So they got they got some aspects of it. So um, so then that leads to now the my only critique of this book was is that it got very chaotic very quickly. Yeah. It's hard to hard to follow. And the moment after Namor kills the Black Bolt scroll, and then they get attacked immediately by two other scrolls. That was the weakest moment of the book because I didn't get that. The, how did these scrolls know they were being attacked? Who are these scrolls? And that was also the big freakout moment because on first read, it looks like here are two scrolls and one scroll to the left of the page has got Thor's hammer and and, and looks like he's got a Thor costume on. And the scroll to the right bursting has got Colossus's arms um, from the X-Men. And so immediately – and when Connor and I were arriving, immediately we're like, Thor's a scroll. Colossus is a scroll. And that would make sense because those are two characters that have recently returned from the dead, and you could easily see kind of, you know, like, okay, it's the scroll returning from the dead. But if mm-hmm. they make Colossus from Astonishing a scroll, and we went through all 24 of those issues and him returning and him being reunited, Kitty and all that stuff, a scroll, I, that, talk about rip out my, my cold heart and stomp it on the ground. No, I, mean, I, I, don't, I, wouldn't, but, I, I don't. I think the Astonishing has to be separate from that in a way. Well, yes and no. I mean, but, but the thing is, is that I, I don't think, I don't think that. These scrolls are were scrolls standing in for Colossus or Thor. I think these are. And if scrolls. you notice the yeah. the, Col- the Colossus scroll has a Nightcrawler tail, and he's got Wolverine's boots. Yeah, yeah so I don't think yeah. that's it. So it lo- so it looks like it's don't, it's don't, like it's, don't get your little. Uh, no, no, I know, no, but it, no, but there's a difference between the initial read and and freak out, and then the okay, calm down and then analyze and all that kind of stuff. So I it know. looks like what we've got is we've got like a, a scroll with like X Men powers, and then a scroll with like uh, you know Thor powers Avengers. or, or Avengers. Avenger powers. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but damn. Freaking great book! Ch- Chung's art makes me want him on a regular book so badly. It's nice how it all works in because you didn't see it, you know, because this, you know, this was our pick of the week with the first issue and maybe one of the other ones even. But yeah. like every issue of this has been so leaden with discussion-worthy bits. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's what this is actually what makes Marvel Comics fun. I think. Yeah, it's so deep. It's so good. Yeah. So. We need to talk briefly about the new little backup features Marvel's put in the back of their books. Oh, the, the magazine stuff. Well, this is funny because the, the first thing that, that when Connor talked to me about um, Illuminati, the first thing I mentioned, I was like, could you read that stupid back page? Yeah. And I was like – and this is – there's just a little joke in there that Brian Bendis makes about Kitty Pride being a nice but Jewish what is, girl. What is the back page? There's like – the very back one is questions that need answers. And it's if you could date a Marvel character, who would it be and why? And they talk to Marvel creators and staff and stuff like that. Yeah. 
And like, and and Brian Bendis is like Luke Cage. I mean, Kitty Pride, and, and because I like me a nice Jewish girl. And then they have to put in front of Brian Michael Bendis, writer. They had to put Jewish in parentheses. Yeah, because it's okay. He can make that joke. Yeah, yeah. it's he's okay to say that. Yeah. You know, ugh, if it's not okay, don't put the joke. If it is, just leave it. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, there's also an there's also an interview with Matt Fraction, which reads like a FEMA press conference. <laughs> That's so smart, I don't even know what it means. It's, it's like, Iron Fist is one of those characters that no one would have expected was such a mainstream critical hit. How do you think people are, why do you think people are so irresistibly drawn to this such, you know, it's like, it's like, the, it's like softball of, of yeah, a softball. Yeah, well, it's, 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 I mean, it's, it's no, I mean, I don't know, what do you expect, I mean, do you expect? I just think it's, I think it's a waste of, of paper. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Well, theoretically, if it's in a really big book like this, you're trying to sell more copies of, Iron Fist. Books, yeah. I don't think this is the way to do it. Well, the, the, well, this 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 stuff appeared in the back of all their books this month. Yeah. So okay. I mean, and that's what kind of threw me off too. Because, but it all, you know what it is? It does remind me of the. Do you remember the 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 one or two page bullpen bulletins? Kind of they used to do in the eighties, and you had sure. stand soapbox, and they they flirted with doing things like where you know Casada wrote a uh, a column used, but then you know I guess he. Got busy. I, I think that that's you best know. kept as a one-page thing. DC yeah. actually does that fairly well. Yeah, DC's yeah. doing it great actually with the DC and, and Nation. Vertigo thing, yeah. does it too. Yeah, I mean, own. I can't blame them for trying to. They're, they're, it looks like they're trying to drum up business for lesser books like New Exiles or um, or Iron Fist, and then they're trying to you know connect the readers with the creators. You know, I mean, like, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I skipped right through it, but you know, but no, it's, to, it's, but to, if I'm a 12 year old who pick up this book for the first time, I'm probably eating this up. You know, yeah. Well, so. the first thing I did though was flip to the front and make sure they didn't charge me more for it. <laughs> I immediately looked to see if it was going to be more than three bucks, and it wasn't, yeah. so I was fine. Okay. Next, so, Uncanny X Men four ninety two. I don't know what's going on. I may in fact be a scroll because I really liked this. You know what this? Is? You know what this is? Connor coined this phrase uh, yesterday. I think it was. Um, this is an exosance. Yeah. <laughs> this is a renaissance of Xbox. We've got. Cyclops, Wolverine, Colossus, Angel in Uncanny X Men. I can't remember the last time that happened. It's been years. Yeah. Um, this is the second the second issue in the Messiah Complex crossover that is shaping up to be a really good story so far. Um, it really it, is, and I really liked I, it. it. Just, I was really shocked by it. Yeah. Last week was the Love Fest. I was listening to you guys talking about Messiah Complex, which I did try to read. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. Well. I don't care. It's Wait, not for me. Josh, like, I think you should sip down. You're probably still you're still hurting from the surgery. I'm just saying, <laughs> I don't want like the thing to everyone to be like, oh my god, it's amazing. I thought I I, I can't stand Mark Silvestri, and I didn't really like. Oh well, it. I think we said that we said the art wasn't perfect, but the story oh, yeah, well, is, yeah. is yeah. So and, and I'm, I think, I'm I, not going to be and, checking this story out. But and if I you think, like it, I'm happy. I, I think admittedly, the art uh, in this uh, you know Billy Tan's art in this issue had si- had similar issue you know similar not moments of weakness like Sylvester's. Yeah, but but the thing is is that the Cyclops' visor keeps threatening to fall off in this issue. Yeah, I know. It's just, uh, but um, but just the the movement of the story and the and the momentum of this crossover, you know, like I feel as if it didn't, this isn't dragging. It isn't, you know, like the, the, the pacing was still there from the, from the, from the, the special. Um, so now, I mean, like, so it's, you know, it was great to see, you know, original X-Men members back in uncanny. It was great to see the, um, the argument between Cyclops and Professor Xavier continuing the whole deadly Genesis kind of, you know, that, that major thing that Brubaker introduced. It was great to see Wolverine and angel nightcrawler out in the field, trying to track down Exodus, which I thought was, you know, a cool, you know, action that, you know, to see like both plotting and action at the same time was pretty cool. Um, it was great to see Madrox and Richter come up to the mansion and strategize with, with Cyclops about what to do. Um, and Layla Miller too. Yeah. Layla Miller. Yeah. And it was cool to see Layla Miller and Emma kind of, you know, kind of clash as they, as you would imagine them to do. It was just all in all, it was, 
pretty neat. Now, the 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 my only my two worries about this is that I don't know this Predator X. Yeah, I didn't like. That's the only aspect I don't like. Yeah, it. that's the one thing that that I'm a little worried about. And then um and then also you know now okay so the first two issues of the crossover written by Brubaker now we go into X Factor we go into New X Men we go into X Men adjectiveless how can the other writers keep them you know will the story pace be the same you know so right. it's taking over for X in X Factor too so this is going to yeah be it's the, every yeah. X it's like the the Batman's yeah the, it's a, it's, uh, a, it's an old school crossover yeah 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 so it was yeah, awesome so, uh, yeah really, I mean really it's it's been great so yay yay X Men. Yay! <laughs> Criminal number ten is the last issue we're, we're going to get till February. Really? Yep. He did that with the. Back. I was sick. What do you want? He, he's uh, they're taking off till February, so Phillips can finish up Zombies, Marvel Zombies. Wow! When he said everything, he didn't. everything has its price. Yep. Well. <laughs> I did read his thing about how he really likes the show Peep Show, and then about some Canadian show called The Intelligence that I really want. Yeah, to see. that was in the same column. Yeah. Um. I thought Phillips really stepped it up. This is this was an issue where um, there was a lot of just fantastic sequences in this book, more so than usual. I, I thought, yep, uh, mm-hmm. especially the car chase, which was a standout. I, just uh, he draws cars good. Yep, and apparently he really hates cars or hates drawing cars. Is that yeah? But right? he's really good at it. Yeah, he yeah. As long, yeah. It's funny is that I, I really had kind of forgotten where we left off. I remembered a lot of shit hit the fan last time, but like starting to read it, I was like, now where were we again? And I, I couldn't quite remember what had happened, but th- this was well done enough so that in issue form like this, I was easy, I was easily able to get back on track. And I was like, okay, good, right. I remember what we're doing here. Hmm. Um, you know, it's like another another great story, just another great, you know, standalone set of, what, five issues or something like that? Yep. Mm-hmm. You can't You can't beat this book. It's 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 unbeatable. <laughs> it is it's, it's it really is. Unbeatable. Yep. It's 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 all around. It's it's Brubaker's best work. It's Phillips's best best work. I think. Um, yeah, the, the, I, I have to agree with you, Connor. The one thing that stood out for me in this was the art. Was was Phillips's art? Is that? And I feel as if he was gaining momentum throughout this entire arc more so than the previous first arc, Coward. Um, yeah. But this is the, what a great culmination. Have it all. Have it all wind up, and even even to the point of. You know, visually making the flashback, you know, the kind of fill, you know, filling in the rest of the story about what happened with his brother and everything like that. Look, you know, visual, you know, the 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 same kind of panel structure, um, yep. yeah. And then you know, and then the the use of the the narration uh, narration. Uh, I don't want to say balloons, but blocks. Boxes. You know, yeah, exactly. Or I mean, it was just in the and the slightly different coloring, the lighting being different on the flashback. I just, I mean, it was just it was just great. It was just a joy to read. So Sean Phillips actually letters this as well. Yeah, he does everything. So yeah, yeah. It's oh no, weird. does it? Uh, Val Staples does the colors. Yeah, colors. So, yeah, yeah. He does. Yeah, he doesn't do the colors, but but still, it's just like this is gonna be. This is gonna be a great a great collection. Yep. And I love that. I saw. I just, I just saw online. People, some people were let down by the ending. I thought it wasn't um, uh, satisfying enough. Well, it's not really the ending. Ending. It's and it's not meant to satisfy. I don't think. Right. You know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I yeah. think he got his revenge in, yeah. in a different way for each person. Yeah. He wasn't going to gun everybody down, you know. He broke the girl emotionally. Yeah. Um, well, and I, I think it's the thing, like you know, these kind of stories, you don't get that satisfying ending. It's always like it's rough, and it's like, well, I don't want it this way, but of course, you know, you're not going to get what you want. That's the point. The characters' lives are ruinous heaps. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Ruinous heaps. Well, <laughs> and, you know, that's and that's the case. Like nothing that the everything that these characters touch is going to turn to shit. Yeah. 
So therefore, you're not going to get that ending where like the guy and the girl end up together. But also, I don't think it's going to be so clean that he can just kill her and be done with it. Yeah. You know, it's just going to be. And and you know what we've got now is possibilities for more. And he promised he goes there. There's going to be more Tracy Lawless. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think cool. I think so, two arcs from now. Anyway. Yeah. It was really good. Awesome. Another another creator that we're actually big fans. Of, I just want to talk real quickly. Um, I noticed uh, Alex Robinson of. Uh, uh, Box Office Poison and Tricked Fame came out with a little mini comic from Top Shelf this week called Missed Low- It Again. Called, called Lower Regions. And I'm not surprised that you missed it because it's mainly like a third the size of a normal comic book. Um, nice. But it's it's actually really funny because on the on the interior on the inside you know on the ISBN number like it's really you know it's more like a book than a comic book you know but um, the the library uh, kind of suggestions of categories are fantasy fiction Dungeons and Dragons and graphic novels is the third. So like they're actually positioning this more as a Dungeons and Dragons fantasy book than a comic well, book, <laughs> but um, it's a little mini comic. I don't know how many pages it is, but um, it's fifty six. I saw yeah, fifty six pages, and there are no. It's completely silent. There are no word balloons. Um, well, that's a lie. The only word balloons are I think some magician doing spells or something like that. But there's no dialogue. Is and it it's, backwards writing? No, no. And it's purely and it's purely a, a, a warrior woman and her little elf friend going into a dungeon trying to save, I guess, her love. And it's it's funny because I'm not a big fan of Alex Robinson's art. Like I didn't, you know, like I didn't like. Yeah, I, I you know, I know Josh, you you are, but I did, I wasn't a huge fan of the cartoony aspects of, of Box Office Poison or, or Tricked. But it works here because he's drawing a lot of monsters. And what I was really inter- what I was really surprised by was the uh, the pacing with the lack of. It's almost like a good exercise with the lack of dialogue, the mm-hmm. ability to pace the book and keep the action going because this is just all action. It's just this girl running from the beginning of this dungeon to the end of the dungeon to find you know to find her love and f- and killing everything that gets in her way. It was humorous at times. It was you know suspenseful at times. It packed a lot in in this small package, and I was just really really impressed by it. So um, cool. So yeah. So lower. It's called Lower Regions. Check it out. It's a fun book. Um, you know. You'll Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Does he draw any cocks in this book? Yes, he does. Monster, <laughs> monster. Ones. Does he? Yeah. Are there monster cocks? Yes, there are. That's my boy. Oh my that's how. That's sort of. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh-huh. So, if you, so if you're curious about uh, Lower Regions or Criminal or New Avengers of the Illuminati or X Men, is that way? Is that the Lower Region they're referring to? Uh, yes, I think that's a play on words. Yeah, <laughs> he, can't, he can't get away from it. All right, so if you want to check it out, though, you can go to Jim Hanley's Universe. Um, Jim Hanley's Universe is, is uh, one of the best comic book stores in New York City. Um, they've pretty much got everything. Uh, they've got you know mainstream superhero books to indie book. So you know if you head over to New York City, you can go where art and literature meet and go to Jim Hanley's Universe. Um, they're located across the street from the Empire State Building on uh, 33rd Street in Midtown Manhattan, and they're also at 325 New Dorp Lane in Staten Island. And if you go in the store, tell them iFanboy sent you. They'll treat you extra special. And um, and if you want to go online, you can go to their website at jhuniverse.com or to myspace.com forward slash Jim Hanley's Universe. Um, so tell them iFanboy sent you, and Jim Hanley's Universe, where art and literature meet. More books. Yes. Uh, Jonah, we, we, can't, we, don't, we have no time to stop, plus I might pass out. I'm on drugs. <laughs> um, Jonah Hex 25... Uh, at first, I was like, what the hell is this? And after that, I was like, that was awesome. It was a really is interesting that... exercise. It was Jonah Hex five years from his death. Yeah. Like they jumped, basically... into, jumped into the future and saw old man Hex. You know what I love about this book is that they just refused. They, they, at the last minute, they refused to make to... Jonah Hex into a human. Yeah, they were, I thought he was going to be redeemed at the end. And then, nope. Well, it, an actually, to be a, he is incredibly human. I guess that's what I mean. And I don't know how it works, but like he, he, just, he just does the thing that you don't want him to do every time. But you still want to like him. You still want to root for him, and that's that amazing line to tread. The art was fantastic. I, I liked the uh, 
I like you can tell how well they know the character because he was the same guy but just different enough in his old age. Yeah, he was talking way. to his horse a little bit. Yeah, it was really really smart. So I thought I thought this was a really excellent Jonah Hex issue. One yeah, of the I better agree. ones in a while. However, um, uh, I would say it doesn't really stand on its own. If you haven't been reading it, you might not appreciate it as much. Uh, Robin I mean, it stands one- on its own as a story, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it's more resonant if you know the character. Robin right. one sixty eight. Um, Josh told me about this comic before I read it. He said he was really disappointed and thought it was really ham fisted and, and badly written. Uh, so I went into it looking for that. And I didn't see it until the very end. I thought, I thought, oh, Josh was being a little overly harsh on it until I got to the the very end with Batman and Talia, and then I got, oh, there it is. It was, yeah, it's just uh, here I am trying to think that that. Yeah, whenever I hear Peter Milligan's name, I think that he's going to be, you know, I, I, for some reason I think he's a great writer, but I don't remember reading anything of his I've really liked. And this to me was just, everything was just being jammed down your throat, like, that it could have been subtle, but they had to make it obvious and just say everything that... No, know, there was no it, subtlety whatsoever. And, and and I was really, really disappointed by this, and it really, and what I've read so far, it's turning me off this whole Rush Ghoul thing. I don't really, so I'm not so much interested in it right now, and wait till they get past it more than anything. Yeah, this it was a disappointment. Just, it's, a, it's, a, it's a disappointment because Beechin's run has been so good for so long, and now we're, we're waiting for Chuck Dixon, and now we have to have fill-in work. And it's the yin and the yang. You got too much good. It's going to be bad sooner or later. Three quarters of it, I didn't think it was bad, and then I thought it was bad. The last quarter was bad. Yeah, I kind of didn't realize it was bad until after I was done with it, and I was like, I really didn't enjoy that. It's like it's the first time in a really long time that I haven't enjoyed many issues of Robin. Josh, um, why is facing psychopathic supervillains so much easier than facing your own emotions? <laughs> <laughs> These are the questions asked by Joe Casey's Iron Man Enter the Mandarin. <laughs> are you guys enjoying this, or? I I I want to just I what I what what, what issue this. came? I'm sorry, what issue came out? This would be issue three. I had no idea that this came out, and I don't know if that's just because I habitually skip over the things that say Iron Man in the title or what. But um, I had heard about this many months ago, around the time that Joe Casey's last Marvel mini uh, was wrapping up, that Earth's Mightiest Avengers two. Um, and basically what he's doing is going back in time a little bit to Iron Man uh, in his more formative years and just doing an Iron Man versus Mandarin story. And so I happened to see the two issues – last week I saw the two issues of it in the store and I picked them both up. And then this new issue came out this week. This book is great. Um, and it's everything that you want out of a Marvel Comics superhero book. Uh, but like sort of in the time capsule of the 80s. Which is kind of you know that's starting to be Joe Casey's sweet spot in the in the Marvel universe, and it's just basically about the the Mandarin and Iron Man meeting up for the first time, um, and it's just like like the Mandarin po- posturing like like every supervillain ever and talking a lot, and it's just like it's a ton of fun, and and the artist on this book uh, Eric Kanet Kanet Kanete whatever, um, it's really cartoony, it's very animated style, um, not like anybody else's style necessarily. This book is great. Uh, go pick it up if you thumb through it and it's your kind of art. I'm, I'm, I, you know, if you don't, if you can get past the art, if this is your kind of thing, um, I highly, highly recommended. Cool. Wow. Excellent. I'm gonna check it out. So, I, and I, I feel like I'm so, bi- I've been off Iron Man for such a long time. Yeah. This reminds me of how it used to be when I used to read Iron Man. And I didn't even know it existed. It's gotten like no. Yeah, well, press that's, I, I yeah. remember getting advanced publicity and and you know thinking in my head, oh, I'm gonna buy that because I remember you guys loved the Avengers book yeah. you did, and then. And then again, like Josh said, exactly what that's what happened is when I see Iron Man on the shipping list, I skip right past it. I didn't even think to look for it. Wow. Well, the sad thing is that this happened with the Avengers series, too, is that nobody talked about them. Yeah. And nobody's talked about this, and it's, I don't know why. So we're talking about it. Let's, let's get yeah, the word yeah. out, people. Go, go read check Iron, this out. Iron go, Man go. Entered the Mandarin. 
Issue three. You can probably still find issue two and one on the back issues. All right. Uh, did you guys read Buffy the Vampire Slayer number eight? Yes, it was good. Um, yeah, it was really good. Um, I, I just wanted to call out real quickly though. It was good, but despite like the um, uh, well, what, what, pro uh, Stone Rose is mentioned in the in the dialogue, which is always good. Con yes. um, gratuitous girls bathing together. Hot. Well, yeah, but I, I was. What I, else is Buffy really for? But yeah, I was like Ryan <laughs> K. Vaughn, really. I was like, you know, like I mean, like I, I, I understand, like you know, like you know, whatever they might change in front of each other and all that kind of stuff. But like the baby, it's a big bathtub. They're not even close to touching. It's yeah, like a hot tub, really. I don't know. It just seemed wacky. But but other than that, it was. I know we haven't talked about Buffy in a while, and I'm really liking the storyline with Faith, and and we finally. Oh, this got, is this is. By far the best. This, arc. this is yeah. This has been the best arc, and this might be the best issue of the arc so far. Even better than the Pygmalion issue because it pull it pulls Buffy into the story, and we get some conflict, we get some action, and it was just a fun read. So um, yeah. Buffy continues to be fantastic. You know what was also really good, surprisingly, was the uh, latest issue of Fantastic Four. Um, I think it was five fifty one. I think uh, Dwayne McDuffie and I forget who on pencils. Um, Paul just, Pelletier. I think. Yeah, Paul Pelletier. I'm trying to you know I'm, I'm gearing after reading um, after reading up on after you know after you know indulging on the omnibuses and then um, I've recently been getting the hardcovers of the uh, Mark Wade Micro Ringo run. Um, I'm trying to get in the Fantastic Four mood from for uh, from Mark Miller and uh, and what's his name Brian Hitch's run. So I'm like oh, I'll give it a try, give it a shot. And it just it, it this book had everything that you'd expect from the Fantastic Four is like they're you know there's a family and then all of a sudden Namor, Black Panther, and Doom from the future come to stop Reed from destroying the world in the fu- seventy five years in the future, and it, it, and it was just it was just great it was like this you know like the fa- Fantastic I forget I sometimes subdue Fantastic Four to their own little corner I go almost ghettoize them to their own little corner of the Marvel universe that I don't really care about and I'm realizing that I'm kind of wrong in doing that because they're fun stories and I'm I think we're gonna give this book a try so um. So I'm on board, Dwayne McDuffie. You you sold me. So he's been on You're for so a while. So fair-minded. Yeah, I know. So, Josh, did you did you gasp at the end of Scalp like I did? No, and okay. I wanted to know because I thought that we knew about this. Well, um, not as far as I know. I mean, this seems to be happening in real time. I don't know what you're talking I, about. I know. I'm trying to be because I actually don't want to ruin it for people because a lot of people probably don't read this in issue. Um, Basically, one of the main characters ends up we find dead in a ravine at the end. Yeah, last, but on she, the very last page. she was already killed. Like we already seen this. We saw her being killed in an earlier issue. I think at the end of the first trade. I think uh, you forgot about that. Possibly, but I gasped. Anyway. It was really good. Yeah, no, this was a fantastic issue. This book uh, actually connects to that last one that was the pick of the week that we said didn't have anything to do with anything. That character shows up again, um, and they sort of bring us in right at the end of that last issue. Uh, this was sort of this was one of those backstory issues where you get to know more about some of the characters that are, that are making up the foundations of the story, and it's just all these solidly developed varying characters it is fantastic you know i i hear you guys talking about it but i literally have no desire to try this book at all well we oh you're going to before. christmas is coming buddy oh is it no no but i don't but i'm not i but uh, you know it's like i just don't even well, want there's, it there's there's like there's no other series that have sounded like that in the past that you like now right yeah true. i know i can't I think know, of any but, with the vertical the vertical title on it that you i know i love. know but it's you know who has the money to lay down another book and you know i don't know just it you do <laughs> what is that <laughs> <laughs> you can afford another three bucks a month. Are you I kidding guess me? I could. I don't know. I don't this know. This is the guy who buys. You know, because well, I like this guy. How he draws letters. <laughs> you, buy, um, you, buy, you buy Corey Pettit books. <laughs> just because. If you are interested, in maybe trying out Scalped. If you go on their website, which is www.scalped.info, there's a uh, 
I'll just read it. It says, we, the creators of Scalp, are so proud of our new Vertigo series that we're offering a money-back guarantee in the first trade paperback collection, Indian Country. If you buy a copy and don't like it, just mail it back to us. We'll refund the price plus the cost of your shipping. It's just that easy. And now you really have no excuse to try and scalp. The gritty crime series has been hailed by critics, fans, and industry's top creators as the best new comic of the year. And then it's got the address, uh, P.O. Box 8620, Prairie Village, Kansas, 66208. Um... So, Ron, you really have no – you've got no excuse now. You can buy the trade. If you don't like it, you can send it back to Jason Aaron. He will. I literally it. have no excuse to try this book. Darn. You, <laughs> you keep talking like that and Christmas is coming early for you. <laughs> no, no. That, that, was my, that was my poor attempt to lead into this. I think this is really freaking cool of what Jason Aaron and Arm Garrett are doing. And literally, if you haven't tried the book now, just go pick it up and try it. If you don't like it, you, you can send it back to him. I mean, like, that's awesome. Very cool. That's ballsy, man. It is ballsy. I like ballsy. So yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, it's it's I I can I can understand it because it's a friggin' great book. Fantastic. Yes. So good. All right, F- on to the email. Our right, first email is from Fletcher from Canada. He says I recently came home to discover that my dog had taken a crap on my copy of Alpha Flight Number One. Unfortunately, it was a fairly hard crap with little residue. Should I? That's disgusting. Clean up the cover as much as possible. Keep that copy. Tear off the area of the cover that made contact with said crap and keep the rest replace the comic other factors to consider the canadian dollars reached parity with the american dollar how should this affect my decision this copy is signed by john Byrne. does this make it more or less valuable than the garden variety first printings of this comic and do you think the president mis- presence of mr Byrne's signature had any influence on my dog's choice to craft <laughs> a comic wow. how did it get to the comic well he left it in the bottom of the dog's pen well that might have that might have done it then yeah, I guess, I guess that's probably it. Uh, I, 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 it's funny because I was like that oming issue from a few years ago. Who cares? No, this, is, no, this a, is this is the good this is the good Alpha Flight. That, that was, was Omega a, Flight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he's Canadian, so that's like it's like a like national book. <laughs> yeah. So should, what should he do? Should he get a clean up the cover? Should he tear off the pe- the bad piece or get a new one? You probably it's get a new probably, one fairly cheap. Yeah, yeah and you can still probably find it in the back in the back issues. I don't know. That's that's a tough. That's a sad. Having it signed by John Burns actually kind of cool. But if you're actually worried about value, I don't think it makes a difference. In fact, I think signatures actually tend to make stuff less valuable. Yeah, true. Um, so that, like that doesn't matter. But I, you know, it's actually having an old Alpha fight signed by John Burns kind of cool. Yeah, no, I mean that's yeah. that's very cool. Um, Before he went weird, and you know, you know, but the th- the thing is also is that I'm I'm sure you could probably if you could find another issue somewhere and replace it. You can go to his website and maybe try to send him a message. Maybe you can mail it to him. Maybe he'll sign it for you. You never know. You know, for like, ten thousand dollars. Well, no, no, I wouldn't even say he's not. He's not one of those people who who. Go- I mean, he John Byrne actually sh- uh, sometimes shops at my store back in Connecticut, and whenever he comes in, he signs stuff for free there. Yeah. So I mean, like, he's not he's not an ass. I mean, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, he's not he's not always an asshole. So <laughs> you never know. So prank caller, prank caller. <laughs> All right, let's move on. So um, our next email comes from Adrian from Hungerford, uh, UK. Hungerford. Wait, should I read this? No. No. I think I could. Okay. The point that take a break. Um, he uh, Adrian writes in saying the point that quote some comics can be only be read in trades because they're complicated is a standard reply in discussions on trades versus single issues. This kind of begs the following questions: Is complex a euphemism for for poorly created? Even the most complicated stories can be easily swallowed when they're well communicated. I'd love to see uh, different artist writer teams telling the same story to see this in action. Imagine Bendis and Oming putting putting out the same comic as Brubaker Phillips. It's a fanboy's wet dream, and you're guaranteed to a double sale. It would also clearly illustrate the point that good creators don't always put out good work. With comic book creators being portrayed as rock stars, isn't it about time for a battle of the bands? Now, 
this email is interesting because Adrian's actually talking about a, a whole bunch of different things in one email, all rumbled yeah, into really, one. Th- yeah, he really is. So it's, I, I would say it's poorly created. Well, yeah, I mean, th- complex. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to, to, to go from the bottom up, I would love to see a creator battle the bands where they both get the same script and or they or they. But both then they're get- not. But then the writers are useless. Well, yeah, no, yeah. Don't, don't make the writers useless. Then have have them get a a a a plot or a you know kind of thing and let them script. But that's you know. yeah. I don't know. That's it, not writing. It would it would be neat to see some sort of creator jam where you see a team work on a similar thing as the same team, see what they call. It. That would be neat. Um, yeah. But it's easy to do with artists, where you give a bunch of artists the same script and see what they come out with. Yeah, but writers, writers, write it's hard to be objective about them. And the only thing you do with artists is you could give them like a starting point and an end point, or like some tools and say, "What do you come out with?" But they would end up probably so different that. Yeah, yeah, like uh, it's, it's all about pacing too. I mean, a Bendis book and a Brubaker book are totally differently paced. You can't. But they also just tell different kinds of stories. Sometimes, I mean, they they tell very similar stories in the, in the superhero work, but it's like you can't just. Hand them, say, script, script these plots because it's still not going to be their stories. Right. They, they plot it differently, probably. And so then, so then the question of, you know, uh, a story being uh, more complicated, you know, and easier to read in a trade versus single issues, that sort of thing. I, I mean, this, that's a whole big issue that I've been ranting about for the past couple of weeks. And, like, to say that, you know, to say that comics can only be read because they're complicated, I think I agree with you, could possibly be a euphemism for poorly created. That's somewhat of a, um, it's somewhat of a, of a cop out. I completely disagree. Right, I well. do too. Yeah, well, some some books are really complex and have multiple storylines going. You've got to remember multiple things. Like book like Checkmate is really you've got to really remember what's been going on with who the, all the different relationships and who the people are because they're not always referred to by name and yeah, and what I mean I'm, their relationships and it's probably so then don't do Checkmate in a monthly book then. Yeah, but uh, I mean that that that's not, that that's sounds not the model. nice. That well, sounds nice in a vacuum, but it doesn't really work that way in the real world. Well, yeah, but the thing is, is that you know, change only—I mean, change doesn't happen unless somebody stands up and says, "I'm going to change things." You know, kind of like what Top Shelf is doing, kind of like what Oni's doing, things like that. Where you know, could Scott Pilgrim work in a 22-page comic book? Well, no, it, it works better in the digest kind of manga format. You know, like that. Cha- you know, it only it o- it only takes one person to try it to make it happen. And well, you know, and the thing is, is that like I'm, I'm getting I'm getting really really sick and tired of monthly books coming out and the you complaining about the issue quality and then saying oh but it's going to read great in the trade then just put it out as a graphic novel. It's not the market though; it can't work that way. Well, but it, it, it can't. I mean, it, it can't work that way until you try it. That's all. You know, like no, it's it's a lot but more. But you also have the choice. Yeah, I mean, if, you get, is, if, you get, if you get the money both ways, why not get it both ways? That's what they're going to do. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's that's one thing there too. I mean, and and then so then is it just irresponsibility of the creators? Do the creators know that doesn't read better in, in monthly books? And if the thing about comics is they're forcing people to do two things at once, and that is the reality of the marketplace. And I don't consider that. And, and don't you know that's not just the, the creators or the publishers being greedy. It's also it's the it's the 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 fandom. The readers are very slow to change, and so sometimes you know they they've. It just doesn't work like that all the time. Unfortunately, it's not a perfect world. Yeah. You know, like the art of writing a movie screenplay is not the same thing as writing 12 issues of episodic television. Right, exactly. Episodes. Well, but unfortunately, so the way that – But but how but do, we, do we see TV shows that are on air and you're like, yeah, but this is going to be great in a DVD set? Yes. Yes. I mean, no, Actually, just because they're fun, better that way, yeah. they're fun to watch like that right in a row. I can say that – you know, like – I've watched the shield. The, last... the shield is much better as a DVD. Oh God, the shield is as a DVD because it's very complex, and I don't even yeah. think that's bad. But also, it's 
it's so much fun, and this works the same way with Invincible, and I'm sure Invincible reads fine in issues, but for me, it's so much fun. I want to know what happens next, and I want to be able to go to the next one, and that's how I watch The Shield, and, and I, you know, I watched The Shield for the last season or two on TV, but the ones before that I watched on DVD, more I entertaining. had much more fun. Yeah, I'd like to throw another one well, on. I well, just watched my, my, seven years of ER in the last year, and I wouldn't have wanted to watch that over seven years. Right, but then and and we watched ER over those seven years, and I have no complaints over watching. It. I had I had I had an enjoyable show every week for you know for the during the TV season. I have no I have no I, I wouldn't honestly I wouldn't want to watch seven years worth of ER in one direct run because it'd be too mind numbing. You know, like I liked it spaced out. You know, well after so, the hospital, I gotta and, say it is a little difficult. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I mean to a certain degree, it's kind of different strokes and kind. If you, you guys will say this, I'll say that. But I guess the point I'm making is that is that if and I'm all for the the change in the industry and and supporting the trade trades as the in you know, graphic novels as the new kind of format and stuff like that. But you know. You, I almost feel as if the industry does it a disservice because they're trying to have it both ways, and that if you're going to do a book that is that's meant to be longer in a volume, just do that book meant as longer in a volume, and and yeah, the company the, industry- the company should embrace that format and pay the creators appropriately. But it, it and it's tough to change it's it's tough to change a and a monolithic iceberg like industry that the way comics are. But you know that's yeah, but I'm, the industry's in a transitional phase right now, and you're like yeah, you have to recognize. Think that. about yeah. it. Ten years ago, the way the, the market it's slowly changing. It's just we're in the midst of it. Right, yeah. So yeah. yeah, so I'm just saying so I'm saying, you know, make an attempt at it. Make do make make They sure. are. Yeah, no, I know they are. I definitely yeah. think yeah. so. Right. And now, you know, you have the choice. Like I can say this feels like it'll be better in trade and I'm pretty sure for most of the time I could be like it will come out that way so I can prefer I can choose to consume it that way as a part. And I think that the, I don't think there's anything wrong with me saying this will be better in trade for me. Right. Yeah. And 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 there's nothing wrong with saying that I prefer to read. I want to read a good monthly issue. You know. And there's some things I do like reading a trade. So all right. Anyway. So um. So if you have any questions or uh, and you want to pit us against each other again, you can send us an email to contact at ifanboy dot com. And if you want to watch the Shield in DVD form, you can go to Netflix dot com. They've got seventy five thousand titles, including all the Shield seasons. They got no late fees, free shipping both ways, super fast delivery, and plans starting as low as four ninety nine a month. You can go to Netflix www.netflix.com slash iFanboy and get a two week free trial at the Netflix. All right. Cool. All right, so on to the voicemail. Um, our first voicemails uh, wants to know what we think of a um, often maligned title. This is Chris from North Missouri, and uh, I was just wondering what you guys think of the uh, the cable and deadpool line. Uh, I recently picked up on it and uh, I think it's hilarious, but Judging from the sales, it's not getting – nobody's buying it. So uh, I was just wondering what your guys' opinions were on it. Thanks. Bye. Oh, Chris, 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 Chris. I hope I'm not the one to break the news to you that Cable Deadpool got canceled. But um, <laughs> but wow, it, David Mamet would have to write that for me to care. But I think it got, can- I think it got canceled because Cable died. Um, well, but, the, or did or did he die because he got canceled? That's a good question. But um, but we have assurance from Marvel that Deadpool is not going away, and Deadpool will be back in 08, So don't worry. So you'll get your Deadpool fix. Cable Deadpool is one of those books that th- the people who love it love it, and everybody else just doesn't care. And there's um, not enough people who love it. Exactly. Um, you know, Fabian Nicieza, whatever you pronounce his name, um, somebody will correct me, Fabian Nicieza, um, has got a great handle on Deadpool. I don't know if he had such a great handle on Cable from the issues I read. I didn't read a whole bunch of it, but it was enjoyable. I liked it. It, it, it was humorous. So. Eventually, he just tired of the... 
<laughs> nice, very funny, Connor. <laughs> oh, I had a bad. Oh, I think he just got tired of the constant calling from Rob Liefeld, going, "No, no, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong." Okay, Rob, I got it. Hang up. <laughs> More pockets. It was like eight. It was like eight times a day. <laughs> Have you thought about this? Well, one well, of the great things about one of the great things about Cable Deadpool is it played up the whole Deadpool talk, breaking the fourth wall and talking to the to the reader, which and and the other people in the book thinking he's crazy. I love that. And somebody who doesn't like that is our next caller. Hey, what's up, my fan boys? Um, this is uh, Rusty from Arkansas. I was one of those guys who wrote the uh, diatribe against uh, Why the Last Man about a month ago, and i got to admit, I, I picked up the third trade, and, and, and you guys were right. It gets much, much better, and pretty much every complaint I had kind of uh, got taken care of. Anyway, I did notice, though, at the end of the third trade, there's a lot of self-referential humor, and I was wondering what you guys thought about that. Like, personally, every time I see a writer break the fourth wall, it just kind of takes me so far out of the story that... It's not worth whatever joke that they're trying to make. Just wondering if you guys have any opinions on that technique. Do you have any examples where it was done right? Um, look forward to uh, hearing my answer. What are, you, are you calling us and hitchhiking at the same time? <laughs> no, good thing he didn't get picked up in the middle of the call. <laughs> I thought he was going to get splashed by a bunch of water like by an ongoing, by a passing truck. Uh, well, it's good that you ended up liking Why the Last Man. It didn't get better. You just wised up to it. That's all. <laughs> nice. Um, good take on that. It was, it's been good from the very beginning. Yeah. Um you know, it's a really valid question, and and I I know what you're saying, and I think that that the self-referential they're two different things, really. Self-referential is like the postmodern stuff where you you're, you're the characters are unknowingly acknowledging that they're living in a fictional world or whatever, and then there's fourth wall jokes where they talk to the audience. I know, I rarely like the stuff where they talk to the audience. Self-referential stuff has to be used extremely sparingly, and I've never really noticed a lot of problems with that. In it's more like why the last man is very pop culture heavy, but that's not really the same thing because yeah. that character is sort of. I pop can't think of a single. I mean, I'm reading in trade. Sorry, Ron. And um, uh, well, I'm reading. In, think, I'm reading in trade too, so that's okay. All right, I, I'm not. I'm not, so, I'm not like <laughs> so I'm not cut up. So, I, but I haven't. I can't think of a single one of those jokes i don't think i don't think it breaks the fourth wall but i think i think it's been self-referential to itself it's been refer you know like it's it's there's a continuity in in why you know and there's been references to that continuity and throwbacks to events and stuff like that there's one of the reasons why i like it but um i don't think it's a problem but um not everyone can do it it takes a really good writer to be able to do it and not suck yeah and i think vaughn's a good writer so yeah but you could say all right so if you have a question or an opinion or want to call us in and, and hear us talk about things, you can call 1-888-FANBOYS. That's 326-2697. Um, and be sure to leave it to keep it to 30 seconds. We've gotten a lot of voicemails over the past couple of weeks, and a lot of you are talking for about a minute, two minutes. We'd love hearing from you, but it's too long for the show. So keep it. There's too many books coming out, quite honestly. Keep it short and concise. So um, Short and sweet. Yes. Last week, we had the Beowulf giveaway question. Uh, it was, uh, what was Neil Gaiman's first book? Um, and that was to win a uh, Beowulf comic book collection, uh, collector's edition. And the winner was the first person to email us with the correct answer was Paul Montgomery from Pennsylvania. And he had the correct answer, which was Duran Duran. It was a biography a about Duran Duran. Biography Duran. <laughs> which surprised us all. Yeah. So congratulations, Paul. Your book's in the mail. Excellent. Or will be in the mail when they, when they come out. So. Right. Well, yeah. Figure of speech. <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, and we also want to announce, you know, um, uh, that we talked about it last week. We're going to talk about it again this week. If you go to ifanboy.com forward slash store, we've set up a little uh, uh, partnership with Amazon, and we've kind of made a uh, uh, your one-stop shopping spot for comics, uh, DVDs, movies, um, video games, whatever else you want. Um, the holiday seasons are coming. 
Uh, we all got to do a Christmas shopping. I do all my Christmas shopping on Amazon, and that's you know even before we ever did the podcast or anything like that. It's they ship it to you. It's great. Go to ifanboy.com forward slash store. We're listing um, the books that we talk about on the video show. We're also doing we're giving our recommendations of just stuff that you can get from Amazon that we like. Um, so a lot of you like to know about what movies and music and stuff we like. So we're putting up our recommendations. We're going to be kind of rotating those on every now and then. So be sure to go back and check. And when you do any of your Amazon shopping, go to ifanboy.com slash store, and it helps us out in the process. Process, so we appreciate it. You can check out ifanboy.com for the pick of the week review and all the in-depth comic book discussion that you can possibly handle, important news and discussion topics, everything on the website you could possibly want. Go to ifanboy.com. Hey, I just wanted to say thank you to all the people who posted on ifanboy.com and on the forums for you know wishing me well and everything. I really, really appreciate that. So thank you. Aww. You're not dead. Can you tell I'm fading? Yeah, you can. Um, hang on, we're almost done. So um, every Saturday our video show comes out, and you can go to ifanboy.com and check it out, or you can go to revision3.com forward slash ifanboy. Um, last week, we uh, the show that came out uh, uh, yesterday, when you'll be hearing this, was uh, we went into the vault. We were coming recommendations, and the show coming out next week um, – I have no idea what show's coming out next week, so uh, but it's it's going to be good. Let me tell you. So, um, great <laughs> show to go to. Revision. I don't know either. I have no yeah. clue anymore. No idea. I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> Is but, it the tote bag follow up? Uh, oh yes, yes. It's the follow up to we're following up to the tote bag to our uh, books that we uh, were recommended to each other. So, good times. Yeah. All right. Um, so you go to, if you want an iFanboy t-shirt, you go to iFanboy. No, that's not even possibly true. You go to jinx.com slash iFanboy. You can get a t-shirt from with the iFanboy logo on the front, the intern moniker on the back. Join the intern group and help us uh, carry equipment at conventions. And as we mentioned, you can always get you can always contact us by emailing contact at iFanboy.com or leaving a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys That's 326-2697. Keep them short. Yep, and if you can visit us on different uh, internet sites, myspace.com, comicspace.com, verb.com, all those are slash ifanboy. You can also go to Facebook, go to join the ifanboy group, and you can follow our musings on Twitter, twitter.com slash ifanboy. Also, the three of us have our own individual Twitters, which we like to use throughout the day. And if you dig the show, the audio show or the video show or anything with iFanboy, you can go to iTunes and you can leave a review. Um, we really appreciate that. As well as um, tell your friends. If you, if you read comics and your friends read comics and they're not listening to the show, go tell them about it. Spread the word. Yep. And if you like the show, you want to donate some cash our way, you can go to ifanboy.com slash donations. Click on the donate box on the website and you can use PayPal, send us uh, whatever you like. Yay. So, um, Josh, you made it through a show. It's good to have you back. We missed you. Thank you very much. I, I expect I'll be better next week. Okay. Well, yeah, more than now. <laughs> He's fading. The the Viking is wearing off. Yes, and thank you again, everybody, for the well wishes for Josh. It was you know it was a tough time. Just kicking in, that's all. It was a tough time at iFanboy HQ last weekend, but we we pulled through. So notice how I'm making it like I pulled through, well, and Josh was the one who got surgered. <laughs> I certainly did. Immigrant punk. Immigrant. Immigrant. Immigrant punk. Immigrant. 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 Wow. Immigrant, immigrant, immigrant punk. Immigrant, immigrant, immigrant punk. Immigrant, immigrant, immigrant punk. Yes, punk. Punk. That's a real bell. <laughs> I, I, could, I, I imagine that Connor went out at some point this week and spent $40 on various bells. I got two bells here. Do you realize that, do you realize that that is two bells closer to the morning zoo?
<laughs> I just want something that's like a cow. 